and welcome back to the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. It is September 26th. It's a Sunday. Extreme Rules is today. I will not be watching that pay-per-view. Uh, but we are here to talk about a few things. Uh, AEW Dynamite this week and Rampage both came from Arthur Ashe Stadium. Myself, Ryan, and Joey were there in person, which is why there was no review of AEW this week from us. We recorded a vlog. I'm still editing it, so it's not together yet. But it will be dropping on our YouTube channel sometime early this week. So if you're not subscribed, be sure to subscribe and you can check that out when we put it up. Um, but gonna go over some thoughts on that show, but the more important thing we're here for is the G1 Climax. It's officially underway, and last year we had reviews for each night of the show. This year, uh, it's a bit different, but we will be covering the G1, so this show today is gonna be talking about nights 1, 2, 3, and 4 of the G1 Climax. It's just me, so I'm not joined by anybody. Um, so we'll see how this goes. Solo shows are not a favorite of mine, but... We're going to do it nonetheless, so thank you for joining me if you've chosen to do so. If you're new here, consider subscribing to the podcast wherever you're listening to. We're on basically all streaming services, whether it's Apple, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor, uh, as you could tell by our sponsor at the beginning of the episode. Um, we're on plenty of different services, so check it out. You can also find us on YouTube. I've been a bit behind putting the podcast up on our YouTube channel, but uh, we have other content there, so don't worry. If you subscribe, you'll still get stuff. Um, most notably recently, Ryan's Punishment, long time coming, uh, from last year. I forget what pay-per-view it was, but, uh, that is up on our YouTube channel. You can check that out. It's a good time. A nice way to spend three minutes of your day. Um, so, yeah, let's, um, let's, uh, let's just get into this. Oh, you can also follow us over on Twitter, at Deep Six Wrestling, without the G. We're on Twitter. We tweet very often. Uh, so follow us there and interact with us. We, you know... If you want to tweet at us, have a conversation, go for it. Nobody's stopping you. Um, so, yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to start with AEW just because that, that'll be quicker than going over four nights of the G1. Um, I'm not going through the whole card. Just going to share some of our thoughts and our experience. Um, we're not from New York, so we came from New Jersey. It was about, uh, about a two-and-a-half-hour drive. Not too bad. Um, we... Honestly, the worst part of the traffic was getting into the actual, like, parking area. Like, driving through Manhattan was perfectly fine. Um, the Lincoln Tunnel was a bit backed up, but I feel like that's expected. But, um, surprisingly, not too much traffic in Manhattan. Um, really wasn't an issue getting there. Um, again, worst part was just, like, the parking situation, but even that for us only took probably 20, 25 minutes, maybe? Um, parking prices were pretty outrageous, but it's also New York, so I feel like that's kind of to be expected. It was $50. Uh, they weren't taking cash, so you could only pay card, um, which was slightly unfortunate as I had taken cash out ready to pay, but that didn't happen, so oh well. Um, and then, yeah, once we parked, I, I again, I've seen plenty of people talk about how crazy it was when we got there. We got there around... Around 5.25, 5.30 is probably when we parked. Um, we weren't in any of the overflow lots. We were parked in the like the regular lot for Arthur Ashe, I guess. And in terms of uh, in terms of like the walk, it wasn't terrible. Um, obviously, it's not like as if you're from the area, going to like uh, like a WWE show at 
the Prudential Center or Wells Fargo Center in Philly. Much more convenient, but this is also a stadium. So I guess if I was going to compare it to something, uh, MetLife for WrestleMania 35, uh, the parking lot for MetLife is like right there next to the stadium. This is like you have to go up onto like a little like walkway bridge, a walking bridge, and then that takes you down into like a little shopping village before the stadium. So it's a little bit of a walk, but I mean, it wasn't anything like too bad. Um, it, it could have been worse. It's just something you have to get used to. That's not really an AEW problem. That's just the stadium's layout. Um, waited in line to get in, and then once we got in, uh, kind of just made like a, a straight beeline for security. Security probably took us like five minutes to get through, and then the next thing was just getting to our seats. Uh, we were up in the three hundreds, and honestly, uh, from what I've seen, not a bad seat in the house. Uh, that was like the highest up I've ever been for a wrestling show, and I could still see quite well. Um, also very appreciative that AEW had like the the big screens above the ring um, before the show. I was slightly worried that they were just going to have their normal setup and that it wouldn't have been as good. But having the big screens there definitely helped for uh, for visuals. So that was nice. Sound quality. Uh, having been to AEW uh, back during their debut run uh, in 2019 in Philly at the Leah Cora Center. Uh, I would say sound-wise for, like, their audio, for promos and entrance music and everything, definitely sounded better at Arthur Ashe, um, whether it be the actual just stadium or them, you know, having gotten more control of it uh, over it in the past two years. Whatever it was, it sounded much better. Um, and then the, the show itself. Uh, they taped Elevation beforehand. Um, Thunder Rosa got an insane reaction, which was really cool to see. Uh, same for the Dark Order. And then... Uh, we got a big show, or sorry, a Paul White three-on-one handicap squash match. Uh, so, yeah, and it looks like he's continuing his feud with the Gun Club. So for all you Gun Club fanatics out there, I'm sure you'll be thrilled. Um, as for Dynamite, uh, did not expect them to open with Danielson versus Omega. Uh, like when they were running through the card and we saw it on the screen, it was like, okay, okay. And it showed uh, Omega Danielson up next. That was like... A crazy shock um and then we got the match um what a wild experience getting to see that in person to be a part of the crowd um our section so I, i've watched it back on tv and you can't really you can kind of make it out but you can't really hear it the um you're gonna get your fucking head kicked in chant uh the upper levels were chanting it but they were a bit out of sync um, but there was like loud chants, at least to us. It was just that it, I guess it didn't pick it up on TV. I don't know if like the mics weren't like mic'd up, uh, as well, um, or what, or if it's just like how the stadium's designed, but, um, just, you know, interesting to know it was a loud chant, at least for the upper section. Um, but again, just an absolutely insane time getting to see that match happen live in person. Um, I thought the finish was really good. Um, and I'm excited to see the rematch whenever it happens, most likely at full gear. So, we'll see. Still holding out hopes that Paige is the one to take the title off of Omega, but, I mean, I think anybody would be crazy to say that Danielson winning would be, like, a, a bad thing or a negative. It's, it's Brian Danielson. Um, but I don't really see that being the case. So, we'll see. Um, getting to see CM Punk live, uh, for a promo and then a match with Will Hobbs, that was awesome. I've never seen CM Punk um, before, because I started watching wrestling in 2014 after he had left the WWE, so, uh, it was pretty cool to see, um, what else we got that was, uh, important, 
Um, rest of the show, um, MJF and Pillman was fine, I guess. Uh, nothing too spectacular. Getting to see Sting wrestle, that was uh, really cool. Um, FTR is awesome, Darby's awesome, and I love Sting. So, uh, that was cool. Um, and then, uh, whatchamacallit, Britt and... Uh, Ruby, that was, uh, I was really happy that they got the main event, um, the fact that it was AEW's, like, biggest show ever, and we got Britt Baker, uh, like, a pure homegrown star against Ruby, um, somebody who's massively over, I thought that was a really fitting main event, um, since they didn't do Omega and Danielson main event slot, so I was really happy with that, um, Dynamite really flew by for us, uh, but I do want to say, I think Rampage overall, like, wrestling-wise, or not even wrestling-wise, just entertainment-wise, I feel like Rampage was probably more entertaining, um, like, Hobbs and CM Punk was so good, um, the trios match with the Super Click versus Jurassic Express and Christian, that was awesome, um, the eight-man tag with Proud and Powerful and the Lucha Brothers versus the HFO was just fun, um, Anna Jay versus Penelope Ford was fine, nothing too spectacular, I'm looking forward to the tag match. And then Minoru Suzuki and Lance Archer versus Eddie Kingston and John Moxley in a lights out match with Homicide debuting. Like that was so cool. Uh, I never thought I'd be. I never thought I'd really get to see Homicide wrestle. Um, and I didn't get to see him wrestle, but I got to see him show up. So pretty cool. Uh, and I got to see Minoru Suzuki wrestle. Uh, so that's a bucket list item for wrestling. So very happy. Um, all in all, I really enjoyed the show. It was a, it was a great time. Probably my favorite like in person wrestling event I've been to. Um, whether it's Takeover Brooklyn 2015, uh, ROH shows uh, like TV tapings, ROH Final Battle 2015, any of the Rawls I've been to, Mania 35, um, AW in Philly. This was just I feel like this took the cake. This was really fun. Um, enjoyed myself thoroughly throughout, and for like four and a half five hours of wrestling it really flew by so i appreciate that um and also we got to see the rap battle between tony khan and max caster with little uzi vert showing up so that was uh that was fun um so yeah if you haven't been to an AEW show and you're thinking about it i really do recommend it um in terms of like wrestling programs there's nothing quite like it and it, it's both of the shows I've been to in person have been great times. So uh, a glaring review. I, I cannot recommend going to an AEW show more. We also we paid like thirty three dollars for our tickets, um, and getting the show we got uh, that was very much worth it. So can't recommend it enough. Um, if, if you're th- even thinking about it, I, I say go for it. You you really won't regret it, in my opinion. Anyways, that's AEW. That's all the AEW talk this week. We'll be back with our Dynamite reviews. Um, we'll also have Ryan and Angel's Impact Power Hour this weekend. Uh, or I guess next weekend, technically. And we'll probably have a Raw review on Monday. So uh, keep your eyes posted for that. But let's get into the bigger news at hand here. The G1 Climax for New Japan Pro Wrestling is underway. So we're going to talk about that up next. Hi, it's me from the future, just jumping in here to leave a little note. Uh, If you listen to the intro to the podcast, normally for our New Japan shows, we have an instrumental cover of Kenta's old New Japan theme song before he got the Fang Revives, with New Japan, TVSI, whoever it is, being so um, strict, I guess is the word, with their DMCAs and copyrights of people using New Japan content. 
for whatever purposes. Uh, we figured it'd probably be better to not use that as the intro to the podcast as this is monetized and we prefer to not lose out on money um, or to get in trouble for copyright stuff. So uh, the new intro, at least for now, for the G1 predictions is an instrumental cover of the Demon Slayer theme song, which is free to use uh, by the creator as long as you've given credit to them. So if you go over to YouTube and go to, what is it? It's I-N-S-T-R dot cover on YouTube. That is who created this. You can go check them out. Um, so that's that. I just started watching Demon Slayer for the first time, so that's why it's being used. Uh, it just feels like, you know, natural, uh, you know, uh, natural progression here. And it fits the theme. So that is the cover we're using. So hope you're enjoying the podcast. And now we're going to get into the G1 predictions. Uh, not predictions, the, the breakdown, review, recap of the whole tournament so far, the first five nights. So sit back, relax, and enjoy, and I'll talk to you from the past. All right, if you're sticking around, it's time for the G1 portion of this podcast, so let's just uh, let's just get into it. we got a lot to discuss. Night one of the G1 kicked off with... Uh, a, a dream where i'm just gonna talk about the g1 matches i'm not gonna go into any of the the pre-tournament matches so if you're here for my thoughts on anything else i am sorry but uh since i'm not watching these shows live i just skip to the tournament matches to ease my viewing because it's already a lot uh so kota obushi versus yujiro takahashi uh, keep in mind, we did predictions for this tournament, so if you haven't listened to our preview and prediction show, breaking down the whole tournament, you can go back a couple episodes and check that out. Uh, I recommend it. Um, you can hear our thoughts on the whole tournament, and basically just, you know, what who we think is going to win, all that stuff. Um, but I will go through our predictions as we go through here. So, um, Ibushi versus Yujiro was our first match. All of us chose Kota Ibushi to win. All of us are a bunch of fucking suckers because Yujiro Takahashi, huge, huge, brought out the big juice, his new finisher, and pick up, uh, picked up a win over Kota Ibushi in the opening match of the G1 31. Um, yeah, this match was actually really fun. Um, I, I thought it was quite enjoyable. This is probably my, off the top of my head, this is my favorite Yujiro Takahashi match. Um, so props to Yujiro for that. I feel like, uh, you know, him, uh, so far I would say him, Tamatanga, and Chase Owens have all proven that they're here to, you know, uh, deliver, that they deserve their spot in the tournament. I uh, haven't seen anything too great from Tangaloa yet, in my opinion, but uh, still early in the tournament, he could, you know, break out of his shell but time will tell but those three have all impressed so far we'll talk more about the others in a bit but um yeah Yujiro picked up a win here and it left me shocked but you know the g1 always has upsets and so sure enough <laughs> uh Yujiro pinned Kota Ibushi what a way to start the g1 max the max baby uh great Okan versus uh, Tangaloa um Everybody, uh, so Sam and do, do, do Sam and Angelo chose Tangaloa. The rest of us had Great Okan. Great Okan won. Nothing spectacular. It was a match that existed. Um, Toriano versus Kenta. Uh, this was more split than. Uh, well, actually, this wasn't more split. Everybody, only two people had Yano. Uh, Ryan and Joey both had Yano. The rest of us had Kenta. And uh, the return of the tape has 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 arrived. Toriano won. Thanks to tape. So, uh, 
I'm going to be honest, some people might find it to be a hot take, but I think my interest in Torriano getting these uh, these wins has 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 come and gone. Um, he's still sometimes enjoyable, but this feels like the exact same thing he did last year in the G1 with, with the tape and the New Japan Cup for that matter. So if he can find something new, that would be great. Um, some new form of comedy uh, to use in these matches, but feel like the tape has worn off on me um so oh well naito and zack saber jr uh this this was a match that was actually split uh we had joey choose naito sam chose zack saber jr ryan chose naito i chose zack saber jr rob and angelo chose naito and jake chose zack saber jr um I, I guess it's worth noting, in case you didn't listen to our predictions, that Ryan had Ryan is a big Zack Saber Jr. fan. He's one of his favorite uh, favorite wrestlers, but he did choose Zack to have a not great start for the G1, and uh, sure enough, that has come back to bite him in the bottom. As anybody who's watched these shows knows, Zack is having an incredible G1 so far, and it's all started here with Zack Saber Jr taking out Tetsuya Naito, and in the process, injuring Naito. Naito, I believe, uh, tore his meniscus and has an MCL tear, um, is the injury. Uh, so he has had to forfeit from the G1 following this match, which means everybody, aside from Zack, gets a bonus two points because they don't have to face Naito, um, whereas Zack beat Naito here, so he doesn't get that extra boost of points. Um, but yeah, um, again... I love Naito, I love Zack, their previous matches I've enjoyed, I just feel like they kind of work well together, there's not really many people that don't work well with Zack, I feel, um, and similarly, I feel the same way about Naito, um, and my prediction for Sabre was that, um, I feel like I had Sabre doing pretty good in the tournament, I, I, again, we'll get into it, but I don't have him winning A block, I have Great Okan winning, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm turning on that prediction, uh, following day, what is it, day five of this tournament that we'll get into? Um, you know, I don't know why I said it the, that we were going to be covering nights one, two, three, and four. There's there's five days of the G1 done, right? One, two. Am I losing my mind? <laughs> I have no idea. Anyway, this is what happens when you do a solo show. Um, I can't count, apparently. Anyway, um... I just feel like, we'll t again, we'll talk about my opinions on what they're doing with Zach um, uh, in a bit. But uh, Zach won here, and I think it's really fitting. I had chosen Abushi and Naito to not do great in this tournament because I kind of wanted a fresh coat of paint with some new faces doing really well in the G1 this year. And so, um, yeah, you know, uh, it sucks that Naito's injured. You, you don't really wish that for anybody, especially a fan favorite like Naito. Um, but it's wrestling injuries happen and I'm glad New Japan's rolling with it at this point and they've kind of worked it into Zack's character, uh, especially following his match with Shingo. So, um, you know, they, they have a, a negative here with Naito going down, but they got a big positive in this, this Zack Sabre Jr. run that he's got in the G1 so far. Um, and then our main event for night one was Ishii versus Shingo. Um, Joey and Jake chose Ishii, the rest of us chose Shingo. When you put Shingo and Ishii in a ring, I feel like everybody kind of knows what to expect. This was absolutely incredible. Lots of people have already called it a match of the year contender. I feel like, you know, Ishii will always be the guy 
um, in New Japan that never gets the rub for a world title run, which is a travesty because Ishii is probably the most consistently entertaining person in New Japan in terms of match quality. Um, but these two absolutely tore it down. What a way to kick off the G1. Um, and yeah, you love to see it. So um, I don't have the point breakdown for each night. Um, and math isn't my strong suit. And I'm on the spot by myself right now here. So I'm not going to go through and give your point breakdown night by night. But when we get to the end of this uh, roundup for the G1, I will go over where we're standing. Um, but that is the end of night one. And I it, I completely forgot when we were doing our prediction uh, podcast that I posted on the New Japan subreddit and asked people for uh, who they p- would pick as their block winners, uh, who would win the final, their most anticipated match, and their least anticipated match. And we did get some responses. So um, just to just to like go through this real quick, I want to at least give recognition to these people for actually answering. So. And keep in mind, this was before Naito went down with injury. Oh, excuse me. So, um, let's see. Our first reply was from AwkwardAd8670. Um, his block finals were going to be... Or, sorry, his block finals would be Naito and Okada facing each other in the finals. And then we would be getting... Uh, he has Naito, or had Naito, as the winner of the G1 RIP. And his most anticipated match was Naito versus Shingo, another RIP there. And his at least anticipated at least anticipated matches were probably the job matches. Uh, next up, I don't even know how to say capped capped C A P T F T M eighty nine. Similarly, they also chose Naito and Okada. Um, and they wrote a little bit more here, so I can read that. Uh, they said, Abushi has been in the last three finals, and I don't think they'll go with the champ in the final for obvious reasons, even though I wouldn't mind seeing it to mix it up. Um, can't see anyone else from A Block winning the block and being seen as a realistic threat to Okada in the final. Um, they have Okada winning the G1, um, which is a similar thing that I have here. Um, and they note that seven years since he last won, um, it's a long time for the number one guy, and he just feels like a safe bet while there's no big story arcs in the main event scene. His most anticipated match, uh, match was Zack Sabre Jr. versus Shingo, which we have now seen. And notes that it's a first-time matchup in New Japan, and it's sure to be an amazing match. Zack is one of the people I could possibly see beating Shingo to set up a defensive power struggle. And sure enough, Zack Sabre Jr. did tap out Shingo Takage. I don't know why I uh, did a pause there, but he tapped him out, and this set up a big promo uh, with Zach calling out the American Dragon. Uh, obviously, that is Brian Danielson, and I'll talk about that a bit more. And he said um, his least anticipated match was anyone not in Bullet Club versus Yujiro. All Yujiro matches rank between Dyer at the very best. Uh, to, uh, or sorry, dire to at the very best decent, but at least the matches versus uh, Tamatanga and Kenta might have a bit of intrigue. Um, they're not Tamatanga, Tangaloa. Um, well, sure enough, we got Ibushi and uh, Yujiro. That was really fun. Uh, Kenta and Yujiro, also a fun match. And uh, we'll talk about Okan and Yujiro later. Uh, I have thoughts on that one, um, but we'll get to that. Uh, okay, this was an easy one to pronounce. Will you get me? Uh, says Ibushi and Okada is their finals. With Okada winning, 
Uh, Okada versus Tanahashi was their most anticipated match. Another match that I've seen a lot of people call potential match of the year. And uh, Yujiro versus Tangaloa is their least anticipated match. And honestly, same. Um, Cosmic Drifter DK says uh, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Okada is their finals. And Okada will win. Ibushi versus Shingo is their most anticipated match. And Evil versus Owens is their um, least anticipated. Um, they also say that they have a feeling Zack going to the finals could happen. Shingo's the world champ, so he won't be there. Ibushi won't be making a fourth final in a row. Realistically, that leaves you with Kenta, Naito, and Zack. Um, they say they don't think Kenta needs it, or that they'll give it to him at his age. Naito doesn't need it. Naito can't make it. And they say Zack's the man to go. So uh, they might be onto something there. And last but not least, get one. Um, they only gave me the finalist here, but they said A block finalist will be Kenta. B block would be Tai Chi. That'd be a fun one. Um, I don't really see it happening, but you never know. There's a, there's always a possibility. Never say never with New Japan. So, um, yeah, fair enough. Um, so that's night one, and those are the questions that we asked for everybody in regards to uh, what matches and everything they were anticipating for the G1. So we're going to move right along into the next night of action, which takes us to B Block. And with day two, we're going to kick things off with Evil versus Yoshihashi, a rematch of one of my favorite matches from last year's G1 Climax. Um, I had Yoshihashi winning here, as did Sam and Jake. Personally, I thought Yoshihashi making, uh, getting the win here would make sense, seeing as, you know, he lost to Evil last year. Uh, and maybe I booked with my heart more than my head here, because obviously Evil is now the leader of the House of Torture, so it, it makes quite a lot of sense for, <sighs> for Evil to win. And sadly, Evil won. I thought they had a really, really fun match, though. Um, these two have great chemistry together, and Yoshihashi has really come into his own over the last year or so. And he's just great at playing a wonderful underdog babyface. Um, can get anybody to root for him. The crowd was hot for this one, too. As hot as, you know, a clap crowd can get. Um, and, and, yeah, I thought it was really fun. Um, Dick Togo's interference stayed to the minimal uh, until the end, which is where I kind of felt that is where it dipped in quality. Uh, the finish wasn't great um, with, with Dick's interference, but the actual match itself overall I thought was really, really fun. Um, probably not as good as their one from last year, but still, um, this is this was really good stuff. Uh, a nice way to kick off night two. Uh, followed up by Chase Owens versus Jeff Cobb, a match that um, I didn't really have any expectations for. Big Cobb fan, and I think Chase is underrated when it comes to in-ring performances. Um, but I wasn't expecting Chase to come so hot out of the block here. Um, I thought these two had a, a really entertaining uh, back-and-forth match. Chase just trying to sprint through to, to basically out-speed, I guess, um, outrun Jeff Cobb. Um, and Cobb, I thought, sold really well for, like, a, a, you know, having to battle, like, a smaller guy. So um, good on Jeff Cobb there. And I really like this new presentation of Jeff Cobb as this actual, like, uh, you know, powerhouse monster um, compared to how we've seen in previous years where Jeff's just kind of a guy. Um, I really think that he's somebody who has benefited greatly from the introduction of the United Empire. Um, whatever your take on the actual faction is, I, I, I can't deny Jeff Cobb is somebody who's benefited from it an obscene amount. So um, you love to see that. And Jeff Cobb did pick up the win here. Uh, Sam and Jake chose Chase Owens to win. The rest of us had Jeff Cobb. So uh, that's that. 
Sonata versus Tamatanga. I said on our predictions podcast, I was not looking forward to Tamatanga being in this tournament, as I've watched multiple G1s before this, and the ones that Tamatanga has partaken in, and any time he's really done big singles matches in, in New Japan, I've always been left disappointed. I've never really found an interest in him as a singles wrestler. Um, I do enjoy him and Tonga Loa as the Gorillas of Destiny, which I know some people don't. I know they're not really everybody's cup of tea, but I like them as a team. And, uh, yeah. But that being said, similar to Yujiro Takahashi and Chase Owens, Tama Tonga came out here with Sonata, of all people, who is very hit or miss and just put on his best face and went to town here. Um... And I, I really appreciate that because it felt like, again, it felt like another person who was trying to, you know, show that they deserve to be in this tournament. Um, and I don't even know the last time Tomatonga was in a G1. Um, it's been a couple of years, I think. Um, but I, I thought he was really good here. And this, you know, got my hopes up for the rest of the tournament. So we'll talk about that. But, um, yeah, Tomatonga I thought looked really good here. Um, against Sonata, uh, in terms of who chose who, Sim and Jake chose Tamatanga, the rest of us had Sonata, um, I will say they had me biting here, I was like, I chose Sonata, but I was really pulling for Tamatanga to get the, the upset win here, I thought he played a great, um, I don't even want to say, like, babyface, but he just was really entertaining in here, um, so, so take that as you will, but I just thought that, um, I just thought Tamatanga did really well here. Uh, unfortunately, Sonata beat him, but uh, still, I just thought this was like an excellent like re-debut performance into the G1 for Tamatanga. A very surprising one, too. Uh, Taichi and Hiroki Goto. Sam chose Hiroki Goto. The rest of us chose Taichi. Um, big fan of Taichi, and Goto always pretty much delivers. Um, and these two just have a style that I feel like works really well together. Um, I do want to give a shout out to the Shotun Kai, Shotun Kai, um, whatever it is, Goto's move that he doesn't really bust out that often. Um, I love that. I really wish he just used that as his finisher. It looks so cool when he hits it like perfectly, and he did bust it out for this for a near fall. Um, I I love that move so much. So I wish he would use it more. Um, uh, Taichi had Miho Abe with him. She's back, and I forgot to mention that Peter's back with uh, with Yujiro. So uh, that's cool. Um, and yeah, Tai Chi won. Uh, very happy with that. I hope Tai Chi is a really good tournament. I love myself some Tai Chi. And I, again, I thought him and Goto had a really hard hitting, nice back and forth match here. Um, I'd recommend it. And in the main event, Okada versus Tanahashi. I, I, I mean, what else? It's Okada and Tanahashi. It's the first time they had a match in, I think the stat was 706 days, a one on one match between the two of them. Uh, that's nuts, <laughs> um, but uh, this was a perfect way to end B-Block's first night. I thought B-Block uh, night one was just an absolutely wonderful card here. Um, and yeah, Tanahashi and Okada, again, similar to Shingo and Ishii. You put those two together, you know that you're going to have something great here. And as many people have said, it's another match of the year candidate coming out of the G1 early on in the G1 as well. Um, I feel like this is a similar case to, what was it, Na uh, Naito and Tanahashi last year? Um, I don't remember if that was like one of the opening matches or if it was just early in the tournament, but I remember that happened and that was one that everybody was like, yeah, that's a that's a match of the year right there. Um, but yeah, this was this was wonderful. Um, Okada got the win. Angelo was the only person who chose Tanahashi. Um, 
and yeah, again, I, I just felt like this was a very, very strong night for the G1. Um, so, yeah, that, that's really all I got to say on that one. And we'll head into the next night, which is another night of A-block action. So this is night three. Um, Toriyano versus the Great Okan. I, it's it's a Yano match. Uh, the, so, I mean, y- yeah. <laughs> uh, Great Okan won. That's that's all I had to say. I chose. I think it was I the only person who chose Yano. Yeah, I was. Great. Um, that's that's good. <laughs> uh, Yujiro Takahashi versus Kenta. Um, we all chose Kenta. Everybody got a point on this one. Um, again, I thought Yujiro looked good here. I thought him and Kenta worked well. I thought it was interesting that they, uh, you know. Um, called for like the two sweet and then uh there's no two sweeting at the beginning of the match um they didn't two sweet till after the match was over um obviously i think this is kind of trying to play up a little bit of being at odds or dissension in bullet club with a whole sub faction forming with yujiro being in house of truth and kenta being part of regular bullet club so we'll see how this goes it's a thing that's been done several times in bullet club's history we'll see uh how this one plays out (laughs) um we still haven't gotten the Jay White versus Evil match, but I'm assuming if slash whenever that happens, that's when you'll see like a split actually happen between House of Truth and Bullet Club. Uh, so I guess time will tell. Um, anyway, solid match here. Uh, again, uh, Yujiro's pulling his weight, it seems. So that's good to see. Um, but Kenta got the dub. Uh, we're supposed to have Tetsuya Naito versus Tangaloa. That did not happen, though, because obviously Naito pulled out after night one of the G1. Um, Angelo chose Tongaloa to beat Naito, and so how I've been doing this is, um, if you had chosen Naito to lose in a match that he has to forfeit, um, I guess, so basically if you chose Naito to lose on any of the nights, you're going to get a point for a loss. If you chose him to win, you won't get a point, so Angelo was the only one to get a point for that, because by all account, like, uh, it is, it is still a loss, it's a forfeit. Um, so the, the competitors are getting points for those forfeit matches. So, um, yeah, Kota Ibushi versus Tomohiro Ishii is up next. And, um, again, uh, Ishii, like I said before, probably most consistent person in new Japan. Ibushi's up there as well. So putting them together, you kind of know what you're going to get. Uh, myself and Ryan chose Tomohiro Ishii. Um, you know. I, uh, I I gave my reasons as to why I chose <laughs> as to why I chose Ishii, um, or as sorry as not to why I chose Ishii, why I didn't choose Ibushi for some of these points, um, because I just kind of wanted some fresh faces towards the top of the G1 finishing wise. And again, they've they've been trying to tell the story of Kota Ibushi having trouble because of um, his pneumonia um, that he had before, but seems fine to me. Um, so, uh, Kota Ibushi won, and, yeah. Main event, Shingo Takage versus Zack Sabre Jr. Very excited for this one, and my god did it deliver. Uh, this is actually a split one. Sam, Angelo, and Jake, or, er, wait, no, I'm reading this wrong, sorry. No, Sam, Angelo, and Jake chose Zack Sabre Jr., the rest of us chose Shingo, and when we were doing the podcast, um... 
because Sam, Angelo, and Jake do not watch New Japan uh, throughout this prediction or throughout the, our prediction. So, and as I'm reading some of these results with some of the picks that these people chose, like Angelo choosing Tangaloa over Naito um, prior to his injury, uh, some of these things seem like hot takes. Uh, I personally didn't really see Zach beating Shingo, but here we are in a world where Shingo has now tapped out clean to Zack Sabre Jr. in the G1. Um, I thought this was phenomenal. I absolutely loved this match, personally. Um, I would say go out of your way to watch this. Um, I just, again, I adored this. Shingo's one of my favorites. I love ZSJ. I really have since his New Japan Cup win a couple years ago. So I'm very happy that this is happening for Zach. Um, and, we'll, again, we'll talk more about it when we get to his uh, match against Ibushi. But... Him tapping out Shingo I thought was a big deal, and uh, on commentary as the entrances were happening, Kevin and Chris were talking about Brian Danielson and how he said that he wanted to face Zack Sabre Jr., and then after uh, Zack put down Shingo in his backstage promo, he said, that's the uh, the Japanese dragon done, I wonder where the American dragon is, so it, it, I really do think it's inevitable that we're going to be getting Zack versus Danielson, and I think it might happen as soon as Wrestle Kingdom, personally. I don't have any inside knowledge or anything, but it just feels like the fact that commentary is just openly talking about this, Zack's calling him out, Danielson's doing interviews saying he wants Zack, um, and it being like widely known that Danielson wants to work in New Japan, and that was one of the things that he was trying to get WWE to let him do, and that they seemingly were going to let him do it. Um... And AEW already has a working relationship with uh, New Japan, and now Danielson's in AEW. I, I think it's a matter of if, not when. Or sorry, I think it's a matter of when, not if, I should say. Um, and I think it really has a potential of being one of the headlining matches for Wrestle Kingdom, since there are three nights that they have to fill. Um, New, New Japan knew when they announced that that COVID was still going to be a thing. I feel like they have to have something up their sleeve for like a big show. Um... I'm really hoping that they get some impact talent, like a, like a Chris Bay um, over um, maybe a Josh Alexander. If he's Impact World Champ coming out of Bound for Glory, I would love to see Josh in New Japan. Um, and I would, again, I think you'll probably see at least, I think, Moxley, Archer, and Danielson possibly at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful that they can pull something off to make three nights of Wrestle Kingdom feel worth it. And I feel like having at least one of those nights with AEW and or Impact Talent would definitely be beneficial to New Japan running three nights of Wrestle Kingdom. Um, so we'll see. But we're, we're, we're getting closer and closer. So hopefully they uh, we get something. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm cautiously optimistic that we're going to have something special with Wrestle Kingdom next year. And again, Wrestle Kingdom is always a special show. Um, it's always just, again, they always deliver really great matches, but I feel like, again, everybody has been, when they first announced Three Nights of Wrestle Kingdom, people were clowning it, saying, is this really necessary? I, I have to believe that they're not just like, ah, oh, let's do Three Nights of Wrestle Kingdom just because, but only our roster. I, I feel like there has to be some level of crossover happening with that, so we'll see, but um, yeah, that, I just again that's that's where I stand on on it. Um, and if they do manage to get Impact and AEW people over, um, and also Stardom, Stardom should 100% be showcased on that show. Um, then I'll be I'll be perfectly fine with it. I think that'd be a, a great way to differentiate this Wrestle Kingdom from past ones. Um, and it'd be a nice thing because it's not like 
um, we haven't seen crossover stuff. Like, ROH has been represented before in the past. Um, Impact, when they originally had their thing with New Japan, has been represented. So, um, I guess TNA back then. But, um, yeah, I'm hopeful. So, we'll see. Uh, Anyway, moving into the next night, back to B Block. Brings us to night four. So, my math originally was correct. Night five is where we're going to finish. So, we, uh, yeah. Night four. uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Hiroki Goto. Again, I feel like B Block got clowned when it was first announced as being uh, subpar compared to A Block, but um, so far we've had some really good stuff in B Block, and Tanahashi versus Goto was no different. Uh, Ryan and Angelo chose Goto, the rest of us had Tanahashi. Um, this was, again, a really another one that was really back and forth, and Goto did go for the Shodan Kai. It got blocked, though, but uh, shout out to him for going to, uh, to it again. Um,. And I thought it had a really fun finish, an interesting one, where Tanahashi uh, scored the win and Goto immediately, like, countered to go to cover for it after the bell rang, just, like, still thinking that the match was going. His, I, the story was basically that he still had the adrenaline and wasn't, like, aware that he had lost, gotten pinned. Um, I thought that was a really, an, uh, like, an original ending that I haven't really seen in a wrestling match like that. Um, so I appreciated that. I thought it was executed really well. Goto sold it um nicely and again i thought this was just a really fun opener um weird to have tanahashi and goto open but you know they kicked it off hot uh also wanted to note that the crowd was just barren for this show um i've seen that it was apparently a holiday in japan um and then i've also seen people pointing out that evil was in the main event so uh you had two negating factors there but um again solid opener uh and then we went to tamatanga versus chase owens which i feel like is a match that people were not really excited for um, but my god, what the fuck timeline are we in? Tomatonga and Chase Owens had a really fun match here as well. Um, maybe my bar was just low because of like what I was expecting from these two, but I, I enjoyed this thoroughly. Um, I like that Chase's whole, like, um, his whole idea for this G1 is basically I'm going to try and just like outwork and outrun everybody and just try to get these like sprints in. And so far he's failed, but uh, you know, he got Tomatonga close here. Um, and Tomatonga's whole thing is just being Tomatonga and being a great athlete. Um, Chase almost won. Uh, we had a great counter here, um, where, what do you, what, he went for, I think he went for Jewel Heist or, I, again, Chase's moves, I, I'm not fully aware of all the names, but he went for, pretty sure it was when he went for his package pile driver when it was, um, I'm pretty sure he went for the package pile driver, yeah. And Tama countered out of it with the the gun stun. I thought it was whatever it was. It was a really cool counter um, into the gun stun, um, and that got the win. Uh, so a nice original counter for the the cutter. I, I thought it was great and a great finish. Um, I would I would recommend this one as well if you haven't seen it. Yoshihashi versus Jeff Cobb. Jake was the only person who chose Yoshihashi. Um, if I didn't say Ryan and Angelo chose Chase Owens, the rest of us had Tomatonga. I forget if I said it or not. But everybody had Jeff Cobb except Jake. Um, and unsurprisingly, I, I was actually looking forward to this one because I like Jeff Cobb and I love Yoshihashi. Um, but I, I thought these guys delivered a really fun, fast-paced match as well. Um, again, Yoshihashi, like I said, for the past year or so, has been really just delivering the goods. And I feel like him and Jeff Cobb worked really well together here on this one. Um, Jeff picked up the win of the Islands, but Yoshihashi looked great in defeat. Um, I still really hope one day we get Yoshihashi with a singles title. I don't care what it is, whether it's the Never title, um, the the strong openweight title. I don't think he'll ever win the heavyweight title, but I would love to see him get something. Um, 
the IC title's not a thing anymore, so unfortunately you can't win that. U.S. title, maybe? Who knows? But I would love to see Yoshihashi get the rub and get a singles title. Uh, Sonata versus Taichi. Another split one here. Um, we had... Do, do, do. Who'd everybody have? Sam had Taichi. Joey had Sonata. Ryan had Sonata. I had Sonata. Rob had Taichi. Angelo had Sonata. And Jake had Taichi. Um, spoiler alert. I did not watch this or Okada versus Evil. So I know Okada won. I'm not 100% sure if uh, Taichi won. Let me look this up real quick. Apologies for not having this uh, right here. G1 Night 4. Um, do, do, do. I'm interested now. I feel like Taichi probably won, to be honest. I hope Taichi won. Um, do, do, do. Taichi won with the Black Mephisto. Oh, 25 minutes and 16 seconds. Jesus Christ. Oh my god. Okay. Uh, that feels long for i can't imagine again i'm not the biggest fan of sonata but uh taichi won so that's good to hear um and okada versus evil okada won there was no way you were getting me to watch that i'm not an evil main event absolutely not and i've seen him versus okada and i'm not the biggest fan <laughs> so evil won uh but or sorry okada won but evil was chosen by me and ryan so that was uh, night four of the G1. I have not seen Sonata versus Taichi, so I can't recommend it. I would actively not recommend Okada versus Evil because of I just don't like them together. But Tanahashi Goto, Tamatanga Chase, and Yoshihashi Jeff Cobb, I would 100% recommend you go watch, even if you're not fans of some of those people. Um, again, Tamatanga and Chase always get hate, but I thought they delivered. Goto, I know some people are indifferent towards. I thought he was great. And Yoshihashi, everybody has their opinion on him, but I thought Yoshihashi's been great, so. This brings us to night five, so this will be our final night that we're talking about. I just finished watching this before recording, so let's talk about this. Yujiro Takahashi versus the Great Okan. Peter's out there once again. Um, this was a show that only had Kevin Kelly on commentary. I thought Kevin held his own just by himself. Um, not as good as when he's with Chris, but still, Kevin Kelly's one of the best commentators in wrestling, so, again, him by himself is better than nothing. Um... But Yujiro versus Great Okan, this was weird, I'll say, because uh, they were playing up like the fact that they both have an amateur background, and Great Okan was trying to just like out wrestle him. So the opening couple minutes of this was just chain wrestling, uh, not like bad or anything. It was just bizarre to see. And then Yujiro eventually took control after um, hitting Okan with his little pimp stick, and then <laughs> Yujiro Takahashi for several minutes of this match was just in like full control dominating the great Okan, which was so weird to see um the out of Yujiro's first three g1 matches i think this was definitely the weakest but at the same time i wouldn't say it was like bad it's much slower um but it was still fine like i, I could watch this i would rather watch this match than toriano versus tongaloa so um yeah so take that as you will. But again, so far I think Yujiro's having a pretty decent G1. Um, so, you know. Uh, Great Okan won with the Eliminator. Um, his, like... He, like, grabs the face and, like, choke slams you by your face or whatever. Um, so, yeah. Great Okan wins. And Great Okan sits at... I think coming out of this, he sits at six points. 
I think, because he gets the forfeit from Naito. Um, so yeah, Toriano versus Tongaloa. Um, oh, uh, Angelo and Jake at uh, Ujiro, the rest of us at Great Okan. Toriano versus Tongaloa. What do we got over here? Uh, Joey and Sam had Tongaloa. Ryan had Toriano. I had Tongaloa. Ryan or er, Rob had Toriano. Angelo had Tongaloa, and Jake had Toriano. A split one. I did not care for this one at all. <laughs> I, I just don't know, man. Uh, Toriano won. Uh, Jado got in the ring. There was a kendo stick. <sighs> yeah, I, I can't. I can't. I can't. I I do not care. Uh, Yana won. That, that's all we're going to say. Ishii versus Kenta. Um, I should know Chingo face Nagata. Um, as his, uh, whatchamacallit, his, uh, replacement for Naito. He was supposed to face Naito on this show. Um, so, if you want to watch a, a good match that wasn't in the tournament, go watch Shingo and, um, Nagata. And we also got Master Wado versus Fujita. Um, yeah. Master Wado won. He did Wado things. That's all there is to it. Ishii versus Kenta. I love both these men. Uh, who'd everybody predict? Joey had Ishii, Sam had Kenta, Angelo had Kenta, Jake had Kenta, myself, Ryan, and Rob had Ishii. Very hard hitting. Uh, you know what you were going to get. Kenta controlled a bit for early on. Ishii came back. Um, and it was just lots of hard hitting stuff. Ishii's corner, like, elbows and then chops, um, always looked devastating and just, like, I would die taking them. Um... And, uh, yeah, Kenta, Kenta picked up the win here, um, which I didn't predict, but I'm okay with. I think Kenta going pretty deep into the G1 wouldn't be out of the realm of possibilities. Um, looking at A block, I think it's really, it's between Kenta, Zack, and Great Okan, I think, to win this. Uh, Ishii's not going to do it. Ibushi's not going to do it. I don't see Shingo doing it. Yano, absolutely not. Tangalo, no. Yujiro. So I think it's between those three as your potential winners. I think Naito probably would have been a favorite, but... Obviously, that's not the case. And this took us to our main event, Abushi versus Zack Sabre Jr. I thought this was an absolutely wonderful main event. Delightful, to say the least. Um, Joey, myself, Rob, and Jake chose Zack Sabre Jr. Angelo, Ryan, and Sam chose Kota Abushi. So I feel pretty good coming off of this one, choosing Zack. Um, because in shocking fashion, Zack Sabre Jr. tapped out Kota Abushi. This man... This man submitted Naito, Shingo, and Ibushi all in rapid succession. I, holy shit, what a start to a G1 for Zack Sabre Jr. This is nuts. Um, if he wasn't tag champ, I feel like this would be a very clear indication that Zack could be winning the G1. But, like, he's, the fact that he's still tag champs, I feel like him and Taichi are going to drop the belts either, like, at Wrestle Kingdom or sometime before, maybe at Power Struggle. Um, because I, I've said it to our our group, but I, I do think that it's very clear that we're heading towards, to, towards Zach versus Danielson, and I think that might be one of your headlining matches at Wrestle Kingdom next year, um, and I feel like Zach wouldn't need the tag belt on him while he's facing him, so we'll see, but um, yeah, awesome stuff from Zach and Kota Ibushi here in the, in the, the final match of Night 5. Uh, just, I thought this was a, another very strong match from Zach here. Um, so very, very happy on, uh, on that one, to be honest. Um, and I should say for Shingo versus Naito, um, 
Joey, Sam, myself, and Angelo had Shingo. Ryan, Rob, and Jake had Nido. So Joey, Sam, me, and Angelo got points uh, because we had Shingo over Nido. Um, so that's the G1 up until this point. Um, let me just go over our prediction points real quick so I don't forget because I feel like we did that for All Out. We did our predictions and we never went over the scores. Uh, so in last place, Ryan at 13, Sam's at 14, Angelo, Jake, and myself are tied at 15, Joey, the current reigning predictions champion, is at 17, and Rob is in the lead at 18. So it's still anyone's game. We're still only five nights into the G1. Anything can happen. Um, the next time the title will be on the line that we'll be doing predictions for, since obviously Extreme Rules is today, uh, and we're not covering Extreme Rules. Bound for Glory, Impact's cross-promotional show that they've been advertising, headlined by Christian Cage versus Josh Alexander. Uh, and Deanna Perrazzo versus Mickey James, respectively. Uh, we will be predicting and reviewing that show, so that will be the one that's up next. But for right now, whoever wins the G1 will get the title. Uh, coming up next, we go back to B Block. We get Taichi versus Evil, Sonata versus Chase Owens, Hiroki Goto versus Jeff Cobb, Tanahashi versus Tamatanga, and Okada versus Yoshiashi. So honestly, this looks. Taichi versus Evil could be good. I feel like they could do some fun stuff with Mio and Dick. Um. Sonata versus Chase, that could be fun. We'll see. Um, Goto versus Jeff Cobb should be really good. Tanahashi versus Tamatanga, I'm actually curious in. And Okada versus Yoshihashi, I have high hopes for. Um, I feel like Okada's going to make Yoshihashi look really good. So um, that's up next. And I believe once the G1 comes back on... Because I think there's like two days off or so. Whenever it comes back, I don't know if it's Tuesday or Wednesday. I think Kevin Kelly said that they have five shows in six days. So it looks like there's going to be less breaks coming into this next stretch of the G1. Um, so we'll see what shows we review together or what we do alone. But um, we will continue to have G1 coverage. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Again, we're on basically all streaming services. You can also check out our YouTube channel. Um, and follow us over on Twitter, at Deep6Wrestling, without the G. All of that will be in the episode description, so go down there, click the link, subscribe. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please, please, please consider leaving a review for the podcast, whether it's written or just a star rating. It helps us out a bunch um, with the algorithm and everything, so please consider doing that. Until next time, though, that's going to be it for me, so thank you for joining me for a solo show. I absolutely hate doing these, and this one went uh, almost an hour, so uh, that's cool. I did not expect to get that much uh, just by myself, but um, if you enjoyed it... <laughs> come back for more and we'll talk to you guys next time but have a good week depending on when the next time you listen to the show is or if you ever listen to the show again regardless enjoy your week enjoy some wrestling hopefully you enjoy the rest of the g1 talk to you guys next time that's me signing off goodbye